You're listening to Faith-Based Mental Health, a weekly podcast designed to bridge the gap between spirituality and psychology. Welcome to Faith-Based Mental Health. I am your host, Pastor Colt, and I'm here with our co-host, Dr. Ron. How are you today, Dr. Ron? I am resplendent. I am walking in excess like a child of the king. Amen to that. I'm glad to hear it. So, Dr. Ron, I want to go ahead and just bring us right into what we're talking about today. As I recall, and hopefully you recall the same, last week we talked about uh, conflict resolution through this 10-step process that we got started on. Now, we didn't finish it. We went over those first five pieces of, or first five steps, I guess you might say, of, of conflict resolution. And I wanted to take a moment to just go over those real quick. But I also wanted to say that, you know, this topic of conflict resolution is without a doubt something that is biblical. You know, as Christians, this is something that um, that we should be seeking to do. You know, um, Bible talks a lot about living in unity. Bible talks a lot about love. Um, and in fact, in Romans twelve eighteen, it even says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And I mean, I'm just as my thought, Dr. Ron, correct me if I'm wrong. Probably the most important person to live peaceably with is your spouse. Oh yeah. The Proverbs has a lot to say about that. Mm. Better to live in the corner of an attic, uh, than to share a beautiful mansion with, uh, a spouse who is the, I think the Bible says, uh, cantankerous in the King James, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that one. Don't sue me, bro. But I, I think it's like a cantankerous woman. Uh, better to live in the corner of the attic. I don't know. I was looking in my attic the other day, and it's pretty tight up there. It's more like a crawl space. <laughs> and it gets hot up there. I, I don't think I would want to do that. Uh, so yeah, happy wife, happy life, um, happy spouse. Uh, it's it's um, Happy one, house. Ha- oh, Ooh, I just came up with that. I think. Oh, he's dropping bars. He's back. He's back. All right. I love it. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, we went through the first five. Absolutely. And our our first five, we went through them and we'll go ahead and go over those real quick. Uh, Just as a reminder, you want to, when you're ready to, to talk about something, you need to set a time and place for that discussion. You need to define the problem and be specific about it. It's very important. You need to list the ways that you each contribute to the problem. And just as a reminder, that means if me and if my wife and I were having this conversation, I would be the one who is telling on myself and she gets to tell on herself. Uh, you're also going to talk about the past attempts you've made to resolve the issue, the ones that did not work. Uh, you're also going to brainstorm and kind of just pool ideas as to how to make this, how to find a solution here. And you want to write down 10 of those possible solutions. And that was step five. So where are we, Dr. Ron? Unless I missed anything with those first five, where are we with step six? Oh, you nailed it. Step six, discuss and evaluate each of these possible solutions. And the key here is to try to be objective as possible. Try to keep an open mind and talk about how useful and appropriate each suggestion feels for resolving your issue. If you need to go ahead and and list some pros and cons of each 
potential uh, suggestion, you may want to do that. This At this point, it may be helpful to sort of borrow from Dr. Miller's concept of separating your feeling from your thoughts. So you can sort of identify, am I just emotionally connected to a potential solution or is this objectively the best solution for me and my family? Uh, And so, yeah, that's, that's step six. And essentially that leads right into step seven, which is you kind of need to have some negotiation on agreeing on one solution to try. And a solution that's a win-win is what you're looking for here. And, you know, we talked on the last episode about it's a mistake a lot of people make. We got we got on the, the kind of side tangent that a lot of churches make the same mistake of treating a possible solution like that's the way it has to be. So would you, would you agree that on this also um, you're going to try agree on a solution to try, but if that doesn't work, would it be appropriate to move to another one? I'm, I'm I'm beginning ahead of myself here, but would that make sense? Oh, you're doing good. The thing is, if you try one and it doesn't work, then that means you need to have another meeting. Mm. So it doesn't mean automatically jump to uh, whatever might be the second best option. And it can be a truncated meeting. Um, but remember, step four is list past attempts to resolve the issue that were not successful. And part of listing the attempts to resolve the issue that were not successful is evaluating what happened in making these unsuccessful. And so if you try the solution, it doesn't work, then you come back to the drawing board and you start again. And it's another one of your step four listed attempts. And and yeah, I think I, I know you made that distinction last time. I just want to point it out again. It's a good distinction that within mm-hmm. that step four you are going to talk about why those things didn't work, which is going to help you learn a lot to be able to do step five, the list of possible new ideas. Um, and then, okay, so we, we've looked at step six. We, we've, we've agreed on one solution to try, which I feel like step seven, you know, probably not the quickest and easiest thing, uh, depending on, depending on what the issue is. Yeah. And depending on how many solutions, sometimes it's a matter of figuring out what is the best option here uh, for everyone involved. Um, Again, it may be helpful at this point to borrow from Dr. Middler's um, model in identifying what you want for yourselves as a couple. Sometimes what might not be best for me as an individual in terms of what I really, really want uh, is better for us as a couple. So I'm willing to not do necessarily exactly what I want in order to do something that I believe is going to be more helpful for for the couple. For example, we're talking about budget, right? And maybe what I want is a new pair of Air Jordans, which I happen to be wearing right now. Um, my fly pair of air, but maybe what is best for us as a family is paying down the credit card bill, you know? So am I capable of putting aside what I want for myself for what I want for us? You know, absolutely. And, and if you even think, you know, scripturally, the Bible talks about when you get married two become one. And so it's a wild thought to think that, you know, I, as a married man, 
could make a big decision that affects my family and not consider how it affects my family. Just think about how it affects me and, and make that decision. Uh, you know, you, you, I, I feel like you have to be willing to sacrifice uh, sometimes in order to do what's best for all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then once you get to that, it sort of naturally leads us into step eight, which is agree on how you will each work toward the solution that you've agreed upon. So you've selected your course of action. And now what action steps need to take place? Often you start with the goal in mind and then you backwards plan. And it's really important here that your goal be smart, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, time-oriented. Dr. Ron, could you repeat that, that for us one more time? I know somebody's listening. They didn't write it down. What does smart mean again? Well, it's the opposite of dumb. <laughs> specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, time-oriented smart goals. In other words, if if a couple comes into my office and she's got a wedding ring, but she doesn't have a date on a calendar, then they're not engaged in my book. Sorry. <laughs> hey, if your name is Bob out there and you're wearing a fanny pack and you teach at the Sunday school and you've proposed and you don't have a date, uh, to me, that's just a uh, accoutrement. To me, that's just a bling bling. You, you, you know, uh, you got to have a date. It's got to be time. It's got to be time oriented if you want to have a goal toward getting married, and and so the same similar thing when you're creating a solution to a problem, you have to measure it in the medium that we're given. You know, in our fourth dimension of time. You know, so we will perform this action word. <laughs> you know, in order to reach this this goal. So sometimes the goal can be uh, big, hairy, and audacious. You know, um, I forget who said that big, audacious, giant, the bag goals or something. Uh, and so what we'll need to do is break it down, break the goal down into actionable um, actions that each one of us can do measured over a period of time that are realistic. Kind and of it, like, go ahead. Is it important? You said that each one of us can do. Is it important that this be something that we can be kind of doing together? contributing well, to both of us. Exactly. It's sort of, this is the reverse of step four. So step four was list past attempts to resolve, oh, excuse me, step three. I'm getting all over my steps here. <laughs> I got a Texas two-step in my head. So this is a reverse of step three. List the ways that you each contribute to the problem. Now we're doing the reverse. Uh, basically list the ways that each of you will contribute to the solution. And so it's probably just like step three, it's better if I come up and tell you the way I contribute to the problem. It's better if I'm able to identify that. And similarly here, it's better if I can identify to you ways in which I can become a part of the solution. That way, nobody's spouse tries to control them and say, hey, here's what you're going to do. Number one, two, three, four, five through 17 of all the things you're going to do to make this work. Yeah. And like going back to your earlier comment, we can always accomplish more together than we can as an individual. So given the example of money management, 
and uh, the previous example of my Starbucks addiction, you know, <laughs> Bob's, Bob's Starbucks, addiction. Bob's, Bob's Starbucks. Addiction. You yeah. know, you know, there's somewhere out there, maybe Bob's listening, but you know, what would be way worse is if Bob's fiance is listening and oh, then they haven't yes. set a date yet. I mean, <laughs> Bob, Bob hates you. Yeah. Should we name her? <laughs> uh so yeah, so Bob's out there and he's trying and he and he's given up his Starbucks addiction. Uh but maybe that's not going to be enough to pay down that credit card. And so she's going to need to say, "Well, I also can do X, Y, and Z." And then together they become greater than the sum of their parts. Hmm. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they're going to agree on how each of them is going to contribute to the solution. Uh, and I imagine that means since they're agreeing on it, you know, we've talked about this before. There is no try. There is only do Yoda, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. Very good. I, I may be as young as I am, but I still did see all of the old Star Wars as well, not just the new ones. Um, but anyway, so they've, they're going to do these things. Uh, wh where do they move forward from that? Step eight, agree on what each is going to do to work toward that solution and do. Where do we go from here? Where you go from here sh should really be a part of every meeting or at least almost every meeting that you have, whether that's a job interview, whether you're meeting for a project at work, and it is define the feedback mechanism. <laughs> In other words, how will we evaluate our success in this? So step nine, for those who are taking notes, set up a follow-up meeting to discuss your progress. That should include a place, a date, and a time. And to, to, to set that up, so you're kind of saying we need to have the win defined. And, and probably what not just what the absolute win looks like, but maybe even what progress looks like as well. Um, especially if it's this financial example, you know, the win might be paying off a certain credit card, but that's not going to happen tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's progress looks like Bob skipping Starbucks and his fiance, who's ready for him to pop the question, <laughs> skipping out on whatever it is that she normally does that costs extra money, right? Yeah, and then the question is, now that we've achieved our goal, we had our big, hairy, audacious goal, uh, and we've achieved it, did that solve the problem? You know, you have to evaluate that. And maybe it was the wrong goal. Maybe it was the wrong solution if the problem still exists, or maybe it was the right goal and just executed in the wrong manner or in the wrong timing. And if you never evaluate that, you're just going to continue to beat your head against the wall and, and never be able to celebrate your successes. Absolutely. I love it. And so so we're going to – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, which is the final phase, by the way. Celebrate your successes. That's right. That's right. Celebrate your successes, um, which, of course, looks different for every couple. In this case, I would probably recommend that your celebration doesn't cost too much money. Yeah. In this particular case, yes. Reward each other for progress. If you notice your partner making a positive contribution toward the solution, you need to praise his or her effort in this. This goes back to love not keeping a record of wrongs, but it keeps a record of rights. 
positive affirmation. You catch more flies with honey. You, you know all the all the platitudes and sayings, but they're all true. Yeah, absolutely, and especially you know, depending on you and your partner's love language, this might just be the most important step in these 10 steps. If, um, you know, if one of you or both of you, if your love language is words of affirmation, uh, this is a huge deal. And so, you know, feel free to pile it on, pile on the, the compliments and, and, um, the congratulations. Oh, it's a huge deal for me. I'm straight Pavlovian, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, conditioned behavior response all the way, you know, uh, ring the bell and I will be salivating, panting and waiting for the pat on the top of my head. So, and we're all that way on some level or another. And I hope the listeners caught on that, that what that means is you don't have to be the sharpest crayon in the box to get that doctoral degree because Dr. Ron just compared himself to Pavlov's dog. So it's so true. It's, you know, uh, education is the penultimate, you know, Pavlovian experience because you have this gratitude at the end of uh, this, this evaluation at the end of the semester. And you're able to say, yeah, I, I got an A, I got a B. It's this you know, gratification that you're looking for. Whereas in life isn't always like that. No, a lot of times in life you do your job and it's like, oh, okay, you're not fired, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, awesome. So we've, we've gotten through our 10 steps. Hopefully we've been able to resolve this financial issue. And if you're out there listening and you're, you're thinking, man, I love the fact that they talked about finances uh, but we didn't really get into the details of how to solve that financial issue. Please know that we will have plenty of episodes talking about uh, finances and and finances within the realm of of your relationship. Dr. Ron has got some great knowledge on those things and, and we'll be pulling from others as well. We're not going to get to that today, but stay tuned because we certainly will get there. Dr. Ron, uh, would you mind, before we close this up, it's going to be maybe a, a little shorter of an episode, would you mind going back through these steps just to make sure, uh, in case someone missed one while they were writing them down, that we've got them all? Sure, sure, sure. Number one, set a time and place for the discussion. Number two, define the problem, being as specific as possible. Number three, list the ways that each of you contribute to the problem. Uh, number four, list past attempts to resolve the issue that were not successful. Number five, brainstorm, pool your new ideas and try to list 10 possible solutions to the problem. Number six, discuss and evaluate each of these possible solutions, being as objective as possible. Number seven, agree on one solution to try. Number eight, agree how you will each work toward the solution. Number nine, set up another meeting to discuss your progress. And number 10, reward each other for progress. Those are the 10 steps toward conflict resolution. Happy couples do not avoid disagreements. They resolve them. Amen to that. Absolutely. So uh, to, to you, listener, we hope and pray that these steps will be an aid to you in resolving your conflicts with your partner. Uh, we hope and pray that you'll be able to to put these things in motion because, again, this podcast is not just about uh, entertainment or knowledge for the sake of knowledge. We want to give you some actionable tools that you can take and use 
uh, that, that might just make a difference, you know, not only in your marriage, but also just in your life in general. Uh, that is our prayer. That is our hope. With that, before we finish up, I'll just say, Dr. Ron, are there any last closing thoughts for our listeners? I guess the last thing I'll leave folks with is the idea that you can be happy or you can be right sometimes. You can win the battle and lose the war. At the end of the day, the real solution to any conflict that you might have in any relationship is connection. So don't burn any bridges for the sake of being right. Because you might be right and alone. Mm, absolutely. Right and alone is not a good place to be. I appreciate that. And I, I imagine our listeners do as well. Well, if you've heard what's what we've talked about today and, and you feel like it was good info and you can use it, well, then I ask that you would subscribe. Hit that subscribe button so you can keep on hearing us. And at the same time, we do ask that you let someone know about what we're doing here. And if we, especially if you believe we could be a help to them, we would love for you to tell a friend about our podcast. And if you've heard some of this and you think, man, that was really good, but maybe I could use some one-on-one help, then as always, we're available to you at serenitycarecounseling.com. We would love to, to hook you up with a life coach or a counselor, and they will be there in any way that they can for you, for your spouse, whatever your situation is. With that said, thank you, listener. We look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, Dr. Ron. Looking forward to the next one. Aloha.